0: Our scripture reading this evening comes from 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, good evening. Uh, If we haven't met, my name is Michael. And I'm one of the pastors at the Ways Church Plant, Bridges Community Church. And I just want to say really quick, when we got to worship with you on Christmas Eve, it felt like Christmas. Like it was unbelievable just to be able to come back and worship with uh, so many familiar faces. And that was a real gift. And so thanks again for letting me come tonight as uh, Tim and Darren mention what's happening over the next three weeks is we're we're preaching a generosity series. And one reason we do this in January is kind of what Darren was mentioning. It's like, we don't want you to hear the word generosity and think like, oh, you mean like generous, like year-end giving. Um, But what we really want to see um, is the generous life, uh, like all-encompassing, that God calls us to in Jesus, like what it means to live in light of the generous life that Jesus has lived for us so we're going to be looking specifically at generosity as it relates to our time, our treasure, and our talent. And tonight we're going to start first with uh, the area of time. Uh, but before we jump in, let me, let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word to us that you came and made your dwelling among us. Uh, Jesus, every single one of us, uh, comes with the same need tonight, and that is to encounter the living God. And so we pray that uh, through the power of your spirit, through your word, uh, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive uh, your good news to us this evening. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, so about a, I guess a decade ago, 10, 11, 12 years, uh, my wife and I had the extreme privilege of eating our way through Italy for a few days. Uh, phenomenal time if you've ever been to Italy. And uh, one day we took a little bit of time away from eating to go to St. Peter's Basilica. And I am not an art buff by any means. I have no idea like what goes into sculpting. Uh, But when I looked at the Pieta, I just was at a loss for words. Has anyone seen this before, the Pieta? Yeah, uh, a couple of people. And so uh, I remember just marveling over the fact that there once existed a human who could take a piece of rock and turn it into something that looked like it was literally alive. I remember uh, the indentations that Mary's fingers made on the crucified Jesus. Uh, and I really felt like in a moment, like you were looking in on this scene, like actually taking place. It was just unbelievable. It looked perfect. It evoked worship, just standing in the presence of something so spectacular. And the artist of the Pieta, Michelangelo, uh, once said about all the time, like all the hours, all the days that he spent behind the chisel, the more the marble wastes, the more the statue grows. And I think it's probably pretty safe to say, based on the body of work of Michelangelo, that he was pretty familiar uh, with the Bible. And I kind of wonder if he might have been even thinking about what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians four sixteen about our outer self sort of being in this constant state of decay and wasting away, yet all the while our inner self is being renewed by God's Spirit. The more the marble wastes, the more the statue grows. And so regardless, uh, tonight, if you are a believer in Jesus or not, I think we're all probably pretty familiar with that first part of verse 16, that wasting away part. All right, whether it's loss that you've experienced in this pandemic that just keeps going. Uh, or maybe it's the actual breaking down uh, of your own body through disease or age. Uh, I don't even feel that old, but I already have to like pop my lower back before I get out of bed in the morning. Like, Age is coming, and it's real. And, uh, and we all know, uh, whether we choose to dwell on it or not, that one day uh, our bodies will completely, eventually, waste away. And as I've spent time in this passage, what I've become more and more convinced of is that the biggest question to ask is not really, okay, well, how should we spend our time? But rather the question to ask is, well, what is God doing with his time? Because if we begin with, okay, how should we view our time or what we should kind of devote our life to, you can really come up with any number of things that are probably going to vary from culture to culture and from different points in history. But what if the God of the Bible is true, and what if instead of starting with ourselves, uh, we begin with the one who, in the beginning, created, who created time, who created us? Like, wouldn't it be pretty revealing if we saw how God, uh, in Jesus, spent His time on Earth? Uh, Don't you think it be that it would or should have a significant bearing on then how we then view and spend our time? And I would suggest that we would actually probably even get a greater insight into what we were created for uh, by looking at what God is doing with his time. So what we see just in this one uh, short verse and kind of what is affirmed throughout the Bible is this. uh, Because of how God uses his time, because of how he is just infinitely generous towards you and how he is using every single second of every single day to completely renew and make new everything about you because God is doing that then believers in Christ can live and spend their life which is their days, their time with the same joyful resolve that we read here with that Paul has which is we do not lose heart. We are not exhausted, we are not undone. We're not without hope. Though there is pain, though there is suffering, though there is death, right alongside those things and somehow in concert with those things is the renewing that God is doing with his very spirit that he has poured into the hearts of every single believer. He is renewing and he will one day make new, just taking those pieces of rock and turning it into the Pieta. So let's look at uh, at how this renewing takes place, why it takes place, and then, okay, what does it mean then for our time? So first, this renewing work is it's really a continuation of what we see Jesus doing and spending his days on earth doing. Uh, all throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, we see Jesus praying. Uh, we see him getting up early to pray. We see him staying up late. Uh, sometimes he's praying all night. He'd pray alone. He'd pray with others. And we get some insight in John chapter 17 about what is so often on Jesus' heart and what's the subject of his prayers as he's praying to his heavenly Father. It's, it's us. It's his friends. Uh, Jesus is praying for all of those who would put their faith in him. And his prayer in verse 17 is, Lord, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Right? That is, grow them. Make them look and resemble more and more like you. Transform their hearts and their minds so that what they think about, what they desire is good things. Things that you say are good and things that you say are true. Like renew them, give them what they need is outwardly they're wasting away. And this is so remarkable to me that uh, Jesus can be so incredibly focused on the needs of others given what he was facing. Like John 17, this prayer that he prays is moments before he is betrayed, arrested, and crucified. And how Jesus wants to spend those final moments is praying for you, is praying for those that he loves. And he still hasn't stopped. We read in Hebrews chapter 7 that right now, Jesus is constantly praying to us before his father, which is amazing. But maybe even more amazing is what we read in Titus 3 verse 5, that that spirit, his very own spirit that he has poured into us is right now at this very second renewing absolutely everything about you. Okay, so all that renewal and Jesus praying for us, it's great and it sounds great, But what about that wasting away part? Maybe that's the part that we all feel a little more intensely or maybe more often. It's a lot easier to experience maybe than this renewal that's happening. And uh, In the the original language that 2 Corinthians is written in, there seems to be this correlation with the amount of wasting away that's happening and with the renewal that's happening right alongside it. Um, Both happen right alongside each other. And we can look at what Paul says. Uh, look at the joy he writes with after, to use his words, uh, multiple imprisonments, countless beatings, 40 lashes five times, beaten with rods, stoned three times shipwrecked. And yet Paul speaks of this renewal that's taking place in a way that it absolutely dwarfs all of those to using, again, his words, light momentary afflictions. Those don't sound like light momentary afflictions, right? Yet Paul is just so overwhelmed and overcome by the renewal that is happening that he's like, yeah, whatever, this, this is temporary. This, is, this doesn't really affect the central core of who I am. And God's promise to you, if you give him your life, which is your days, right, your hours, your weeks, his promise isn't that he will then take you out of the world and sort of insulate you from all of this pain. Right? Paul's a pretty clear example of that, Right? But his promise is, I will be so powerfully in you, constantly committed to renewing absolutely everything about you through the work of the Holy Spirit. I will so powerfully transform your will, your thoughts, your mind, your heart, your desires in the midst of that pain, all the pain the world could throw at you, that verse 10, the life of Jesus will be manifested in your body. Now, that is wildly mysterious and, like, way too complex to kind of dive into. But I just want you to think about that verse, maybe tonight as you're going home, that the life of Jesus will be manifested in your body. Uh, Right? Your life's purpose, when your life, which is uh, made up of your days, your weeks, and years, how you spend them, uh, when your time is oriented around Jesus, then you will more and more sound like Paul. Uh, We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away inwardly, we are being renewed day by day by the Holy Spirit.
1: All right, so that is a
0: very, probably way too brief (coughs) look at how God is constantly always uh, renewing you through his Spirit. So uh, what is that for? What does that renewal take place for? Uh, One thing that was super disorienting, uh, for me at least, and revealing about the pandemic, uh, was all of the extra time. Right With no commute to and from work, with no activities outside of the home or travel or eating out, uh, a lot of us suddenly had extra time that we had absolutely no idea what to do with. And I've seen recently uh, several articles and even some really funny tweets about how for over a year, uh, people really kind of had the dreams, like, I've got a year to kind of focus on myself, right? So all these vows for, like, self-care, for mental health, physical health, Uh, And I'm sure there are probably some success stories out there for people who saw some real, incredible, lasting change. Uh, But overall, I think what we've seen is that all of the focus that we could ever possibly put on our wholeness and our wellness and our growth, like, are we really any different after all that intense time spent on ourselves? Like, I really thought that 2021 was going to be the year that I finally wrote that book. Uh, but entire year of uh, focusing on self-care, even if you just knocked it out of the park, in the grand scheme of things, last year was still a year of wasting. And this may sound super morbid, but the question in this text for each of us is, how are we going to spend the wasting days? Right, maybe, maybe during the season you felt that wasting away like never before, Uh, And one way of dealing with this uh, that I've at least observed in myself, and I think among others, is let's just try to make the wasting away as comfortable as we possibly can. And through jumping to new jobs, moving to new cities, jumping to another relationship, adding another streaming subscription, uh, we live like we can either stop or reverse the wasting away, but then eventually we just settle for making it as comfortable as possible. And the antidote to this type of resignation that we see from uh, the life of Jesus that we see here in Paul is twofold. Uh, It's worship and it's mission. And it's these two things, worship and mission, that were just so hard to come by during lockdown and COVID, and that we've still yet fully to recover, right? Uh, My wife, Beth, put her finger on this last January uh, when both of us had been, I think, pretty mildly depressed since that previous Thanksgiving, and she pointed out two things. The first was that, of course, we hadn't been able uh, to gather in person and worship and sit alongside our brothers and sisters and sing and hear from them, catch up, hear what God's doing in their life. These things we take for granted that can seem so mundane, but it's life. So that was the first thing that we were missing. Now, the second that she realized is that it had been months since we had had regular interaction with our non believing neighbors and had opportunities to share our faith. Um, and maybe those things, uh, you hear those two things worship and mission. And that may sound awful if you're not a Christian, uh, if, or if you are a Christian, you may think, I've tried that before. I've tried this before and I still feel way more wasting away than I do renewal. There's a place in Mark chapter 12 where a religious leader comes up to Jesus and he asks, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? What he's essentially asking is like, Jesus, what is the greatest thing that I could do with my time? What should I orient my life and my time around? And Jesus' response is love God. With absolutely every part of your being, love, worship, know, commune with, enjoy God, and love your neighbor. There is no commandment greater than these. Now, remember, this is the same Jesus, the same God who, in verse uh, in John chapter ten, said, "I came that they might have life and have it abundantly." And He's the same God who, through the author of Hebrews, said, "Do not neglect to meet together." but encourage one another, right? Worship with one another. And this worship, this was central in Jesus' life. He made it a priority. He lost sleep over it. He knew the Old Testament scriptures pretty well, and yet he still makes it a priority to pour over them and enjoy them with his neighbors. And so if God worships, this tells us that this isn't just an add-on, that at the very best, like maybe it'll just like, give you a little bit of hope or comfort one hour a week, But worship is and should be central to who you are and who you are made to grow into. Uh, There is going to be wasting away regardless, right, of what you do with your time or what you decide to devote your life to. But there are things that we can do with our time uh, solely because of what Jesus did with his time and is doing now with his time that will result in the pieta instead of just the chipped away marble that ends up in the trash pile, in verse 17, Paul writes that uh, the wasting away of our outer self, right, this, this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Again, so worship, beholding our God in all of his glory, what Jesus makes possible and available to us through his life, death, and resurrection, through how right, he used his time. Uh, worship is what we are geared toward and heading towards for all eternity, beholding and marveling over the supreme, eternal, glorious God. And very practically now, uh, this includes, but it's not limited to corporate worship with one another. And I know, like, there are multiple, multiple reasons why that might be difficult or impossible for a lot of people. That's why we stream worship services. I understand that, like, we're in a pandemic And so it's not just easy to kind of jump into. Uh, So it could be stuff related to the pandemic. Um, But it's also, uh, maybe it's like your past experiences and past hurt that you've experienced either from churches or religious leaders. Um, There there are reasons for hesitancy. Um, And what I want you to hear again is that it's in that very brokenness. It's in the very wasting away that God stays so committed to you and so committed to your renewal. Right? The more the marble wastes, the more the statue grows. This is what Jesus is doing in the very midst of the really, really hard and the dark. Um, all right, let me talk to students a little bit. I'm going to, get to talk to students because we have like our oldest kids at Bridges who are like five years old. Um, so students, all right, I know some of you are preparing uh, to go off to college or maybe make the jump uh, from middle school to high school. Uh, and chances are that at one point, either your Christian friends, or maybe you yourself uh, are going to find yourself either questioning or, or to use today's term like deconstructing your faith. And I'm fully aware that right now that I am the old guy sounding like an old guy telling you like, now I remember when I was your age, um, but I do kind of want to be that old guy. I want to tell you that like the best advice that I can give you, uh, someone who's gone through uh, what you're about to go through, the greatest piece of advice I can give you is center your life from day one on the worship of God. Uh, At the very least, it will give you the intellectual integrity to know exactly what it is that you're either uh, accepting or rejecting when it comes to the claims of Jesus and and what he desires for your life. Uh, So search for a group of friends, search for a church, uh, and commit to be regularly in each other's lives. Uh, It it will be life. It really will be life for you as you enter a new season that's going to be kind of overwhelming and feel kind of big. Um, So thanks for my, my dad moment right there. Um, So that's how we're being renewed for worship. Uh, And one of the natural results that we see in this passage, uh, really throughout Scripture, as a result of that renewal uh, that is taking place, is mission. uh, Pastor John Piper, you've probably heard this, he says that missions exist because worship doesn't. And what we see from Paul's example here is that if worship is happening, then missions actually can't help but follow. Now, this is implied in Jesus' answer to the question, hey, what should I be doing with my life? Like, what is the greatest commandment? The greatest thing that I can strive for and give my life to? Right? God says, Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. Right? Love God, which is worship, and love your neighbor, which is mission. Now, Paul's outer self is wasting away, and he has seen God over and over Deliver not physical relief, not health and wealth, but something far, far greater a megaphone to make Jesus known to others. Uh, This is what C.S. Lewis gets at much more eloquently when he says, I think God wants us to love and be loved. He wants us to grow up, be honest. We're still clinging to childhood, aren't we? We're innocently selfish, we think only of ourselves. We think our toys bring us all the happiness there is. And our nursery is the whole wide world. Something must drive us out of the nursery to the world of others. And that something is suffering. To put it another way, pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Wow. This is Paul's heartbeat. This is his mission to be used as God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Listen to what he says in uh, chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. This is starting in verse 20. And he's reflecting on what Jesus did to make it possible for us to be with him, to know him, to experience him, to have his spirit abiding in us. He writes, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, I wasn't exaggerating when I felt like I was literally wasting away uh, when mission and worship were so absent in my life during the lockdown. And I know that thought of, of being an ambassador for Christ, uh, like maybe you feel like that's truly that's, that's for other people, or man, I really don't feel like I've missed out on too much by not... Talking about Jesus with friends or family or coworkers, and I just want to tell you, uh, when you share the gospel, uh, even when you just mention your faith in Jesus to, in conversation, actually, when you just say like anything about Jesus at all in conversation, uh, afterwards, at least in my experience, it feels like I don't know, like you spent the day at the spa or something. But even better than that, it's also like at the same time you finally got around to like writing that novel you've been talking about for four years, it's the most life-giving experience that I can think of. Like even if the person uh, laughs at you or spits in your face, um, I just want to say like I've been a missionary or a pastor for like 15 years and probably shared with hundreds of people. I've never had that happen to me once. Uh, But every time, regardless of the response, it is a renewing exercise that God will use to bless you and grow you in an incredible way. Um, it'll feed you, it'll renew you, uh, more than anything else that I think you could do. Um, look, if you decide, okay, Michael, I'll take you up on this, and I'm gonna mention that I believe in Jesus or something at work, and they spit in your face, like, call me, I'll send you some Bitcoin or something, like, I, I don't think it's gonna happen, um, because uh, here is God's promise in First John. Uh, chapter one, John says, we write these things to you so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Like what completes John's joy is mission. It's giving away that good news of Jesus and what he has done uh, that will renew to you the joy of your salvation like absolutely nothing else. Uh, But this can feel daunting. Uh, Maybe you feel like, yeah, maybe I haven't just experienced that renewal in a kind of powerful or profound enough way to want to be known by others in a worshiping community, community, or to talk about Jesus with my friends and family. Uh, Maybe you're like me, and you hear all this and think, man, if I'm honest, I feel like I'm kind of terrible with my time, a lot of time. Uh, I really do love Jesus, but so often I find that my heart really kind of bends towards wanting comfort, more than it wants to give time away uh, so that others can have life as a result. Uh, it's going all sound super weighty and lofty, and it, it maybe it feels kind of hard to take a step towards any of this. And here's the good news. Uh, Jesus Christ knows exactly what you need to be renewed, to be chiseled into something even way more spectacular than the pieta, and it cost him the complete wasting away of his own body uh, to the point where his heart stopped. He was buried for three days until the Spirit of God raised him from the dead to a new and glorious body, the same body that is waiting for you and I, and that will be perfected one day in glory with Jesus. So we no longer, as a result, have to grab at our self-renewal projects, all right? Self-preservation or searching for just comfort to make the wasting feel a little bit better with our time. Uh, Because right now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. Right now, his spirit is renewing you, not just for eternity, uh, but for for 510 tomorrow. Maybe if you're still at work, we'll say 410 tomorrow. Uh, He is creating and working in you exactly what you need for the situation and the people that you will be around tomorrow at work. Whether that's in your home, in the board meeting, on the sales call, uh, you have been given an incredible position of influence in the lives of those that you were working for or with. So think for a second uh, how this reality of God's Spirit sort of constantly using his time, being at work to renew you. Think about Jesus constantly praying for you. Uh, How might that impact or influence what you'll be doing at this time tomorrow? What would it look like for you to worship at work? I don't mean like bring your guitar into the office, but like what would it look like uh, for you as a child of God uh, to take one step closer to drawing your coworkers into an encounter with Jesus? How might your view of work change, knowing that God is working to perfect you while you're on the clock? How might you view your, uh, your coworkers when you kind of realize again, I mean, this person has an eternal soul, uh, just like I do, that needs to be renewed Just as deeply as mine does. Is that starting to sound a little bit like mission? Uh, I want you to hear again how this mission that may seem daunting and incredible uh, really is 100% guaranteed to be accomplished. Uh, Because of how Jesus did and is using his time, uh, we can enjoy our hours and our weeks and our years in worship and in mission right alongside our risen Savior, because he has and is and will use his time perfectly for your good and for his glory. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. God, the incredible generosity that you would use your time in such profound ways, ways that ripped at you and wasted away you did it so that we might have life and that we would have it abundantly. Father, thank you that this is an unshakable truth. Father, help us find our life in this, in Jesus. And as we view our days, as we view our work tomorrow, Father, renew our minds through your spirit to give us your perspective, your heart, Uh, would your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.